named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to another episode of the World Class Agency Podcast. My name is Sam Hunter and I'm not joined today by Mark Worrell. Um, scheduling conflicts, life, all that sort of stuff sometimes gets in the way of this show. And you would think after nearly two and a bit years now of doing this uh, every Tuesday, we get a little bit better, but actually sometimes things happen. Uh, and so for your listening pleasure this week, hopefully, uh, you've just got me. So welcome. What are we going to talk about this week? Uh, I've got a great guest lined up and I think it's going to be a really engaging conversation. Before I want to get there, and I'm going to ask him this question when he joins me. The market now is fantastic. Uh, I don't care. Well, I do care, but I, I won't uh, accept is probably a better way of saying it. When somebody says to me, it's really tough out there at the moment, because I'll ask the question, what are you doing to maintain a high level of service to potential clients? What are you doing when you are creating new opportunities for instructions? You know, how are you serving the people that have missed out on the homes that you've most recently sold? I think if you look back since June, I think it was June, maybe it was May when we opened back up again, 2020, there's never been an easier time, I think, in this entire country. It's probably not even the country because the market's going gangbusters all over the world. There's never been an easy time to sell a house. And so many agents out there, probably not the ones that listen to this show. So if you're listening to this now and you can hear my sort of very hoarse, raspy voice, pat yourself on the shoulder. Everyone's forgotten that, that your job is to actually control the market and take as much stock as you can and to achieve the highest price possible to negotiate to market you know to service people from one chapter of their life to the next it's not actually about selling a house you know and yes there'll be people that listen to this that think you're just being a bit um, facetious or pedantic or whatever it is but your job as an estate agent as a real estate agent is to be the conduit of information within your marketplace. The end result of doing that is you sell a few houses, you make a reasonable amount of money and you get some recommendations and referrals and maybe you get a nice new car at the end of the year. So many people now, because stock is so tight and so low now, are thinking that they can't do their job because there's nothing to sell. Well, actually, no, it's about finding out who still has a need in this marketplace. Just because somebody does not have a for sale board at the front or just because somebody is not calling you and saying to you today, I need to sell my house, does not mean they do not have a need. And if you're not working every single day to serve the people you already know, or to ask questions of your marketplace to find people out there that have a need, because if you ask the right questions, they'll give you the answers and then you can perform the service. Then I don't know whether you can call yourself a, a should we call it real estate agent at the moment now, it's still easy to sell a house. That's why I believe the market is fantastic. There are still a frenzy of potential purchases for every new instruction that goes on the market. In some places, 
there are apparently 25,000 people looking right now, this instant in certain districts, postcode districts in this country. So it's not a tough market. You've just got to be focusing on who's got a need that I can uncover today about whether I can serve it or not. And I think if that's where everyone was focusing their business, if you woke up in the morning and jumped out of bed excited to understand more about the people you already know, or to ask questions whether it's on social media, in direct mail, however you market. And you've got to have a really solid marketing mix. It's not just one thing. Even if you're sending out 30,000 door drops, if it says on there, we'll do it for cheap or instruction wanted, and you're not asking a question of where would you love to live, you know, or what's important to you when moving house, you're not going to find the people who have a need but don't have a sign out the front at the moment. Because I promise you if 1% or actually just less than 1% of the property stock across the whole country is currently got a for sale board out the front right now, there is going to be another 1%, probably a little bit more that's thinking about it. And you've got to be talking to those people. You've got to be asking the right questions of those people. You've got to be serving their needs ahead of time so that when they're ready to rock and roll, there isn't three phone calls that they make and they're not shopping you around on fee. They just call you and they say, hi, Sam, I'm ready to sell. When can we get started? You know, those two words, the best words in real estate get started you've got to get started serving those needs today so they can call you to tell you that they're ready to get started when the time is right and on that bombshell that is enough from me let's kick off today's show we're joined today by a man who's chalking up his 11th year in property he's had experience in corporate agency online agency prop tech independent and franchises and today he is consistently selling homes for street and area records in and around the best pockets of surrey he's head of sales for Century 21 Lux Residential in Cobham, Shane Bray. Welcome to the World Class Agency Podcast. Pleasure to be here, Sam. Good to see you again. It is good to see you again, mate. Right, Shane, the title of this show is the World Class Agency Podcast, right? So hopefully you understand what the first question may or may not be on this podcast, and that is what does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? Um, good question. I think realistically it from a customer's point of view, which is, I think was the best angle to take that from essentially, because they're the ones that essentially make or breakers. Um, it'd be down to, I think, offering something different, but is of value essentially in a nutshell. That's probably the quickest way I condense what I think world-class agencies in today's industry, because I think the public have a perception that agents more or less are generally the same. Mm. We'll take a few minor points of difference. But I think as an agent, if you can position yourself as being genuinely different, having to actual value to the customer around, not just being different, but actually it changes their experience and essentially, hopefully their idea and sort of mindset of what a state agency is, I think that actually you're off to a good start in answering that question. Cool. So you and I have been, uh, we've known each other for a little while. I've sort of seen some of the stock that you're listing and selling. It's all well and good to go and get some fancy houses on the market, but to actually get a result on them is the most important thing. And you're certainly doing that. Can you apply that being different and being of value mentality? And you're happy to share sort of any of the stuff that you're doing that, that comes across as different for your clients or how are you being of value compared to maybe some of the other agents that, that the people that you're winning the business for and then doing the job for are seeing from you? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, where we are, it's kind of easy to say we're doing two different stuff you know, we've got some good competitors in our in our towns they're, they're not bad at all but they kind of represent from my point of view this is no discredit to them because they've got a business that works and like mm. i would criticize them for not wanting to change something which clearly works for them um but by and large that the sort of the market leaders that have been there predominantly for the last sort of 10 15 years have done the same thing it will take a few minor changes that most agents have sort of kept up with 
Um, and that's kind of about as far as it goes. And I think where where we are successful and why people pick us is because we've genuinely come around to them with something that is quite different to what they've heard from any of our competitors in town before and feels and is materially different um, compared to what I think all of our competition put out there, really. So what that looks like, of course, one of these services you'll know very well, um, is, of course, home search, which for us is probably one of the most important parts of our stock acquisition piece of our business, essentially. I think I would say, I think it's fair to say, you know, some areas are breaking through to that you know, 90% plus of our valuations have come off the back of sending letters via the home search platform. Um, and I don't think there's one valuation that we've been out to this year that we haven't had to work for one or the other to actually get through the door in the first place because we're not the market leader, we're not the best known agency, we've not got the brand that's been here the longest as some of our competitors have. So to get through those doors in the first place is, is quite hard work. Um, beyond that, from a customer's point of view, how that looks and feels different is that actually it, it offers them something which solves their problems. So for home search, it could be a case of finding off-market homes and actually interrogating the market of, you know, let's say, for example, you know, at the moment it's limited stock, but you know, if there's 25 homes in the market in halls at the moment, that's a good day for most buyers because most things are being sold quite quickly. So to be able to quickly identify which of those properties meets their needs and for the kind of properties we're looking, you know, the clients are looking after and the kind of properties they want, they're quite specific. You know, they only move for a minimum of half an acre, for example, as a plot size, where they need to have a minimum of three and a half, four thousand square foot. So we have to quickly identify those homes in the marketplace currently. And in the marketplace, there isn't any choice in the first place. Being able to actually prospect homes specifically what they're looking for is quite valuable. Um, you know, beyond that, in terms of points of different, you know, things like life cycle. Um, Iceberg Digital using that system, again, is a clear point of difference as the competitors where we can actually show customers well, we're going to create this amazing marketing for your home. It's unlike almost anything else our competitors do in terms of the quality of photos, the copywriting we do, the video content we do. Every single layer of our marketing is going to be as good as it possibly can be. That in itself is good. But then you go one step further and say, well, actually, not only that, we can actually understand in real time who is or isn't engaging your property, you know, when they're most active, what they've looked at the most, who the most engaged buyers are. And we can then proactively target those buyers, you know, by comparison to, you know, people, the estate agents essentially just sort of spray and pray when it comes to, you know, handling their database. It's hopefully, you know, leagues a part of what, what they're seeing from other agents at the moment. Uh, and that's just, you know, a couple of, you know, the key suppliers we use to, to offer something different, really. How I'm interested to know about how you work your database because um, I, I firmly believe, and I have no idea where I got this and I probably made it up, but I, I do believe that if you look at business year on year, um, if you've been an agent for, let's say, longer than two years, because it's difficult when you're starting, right? Um, but that, that the majority of your business, so more than 50%, if we're calling it like an actual majority, will come from people you already know from homes you already know from addresses and emails you already know how important is it to you to work that database i think for us it's vitally important i mean it's i think different where i'm because i've been in this part in this business now since the start of the year um and actually i think we've had that well, the majority of what we had has been actually completely new to us um hasn't been our database that being said there's been a lot of change over the last couple of years so i think we're probably different um in different to most other agents where they're working that same database but it is still critically important because actually you know, out of somewhere in the region of 40 plus valuations since the start of this year, I can count on one hand how many we've lost and the rest of that goes into long-term prospecting. Um, how we work a database and going back to, again, lifecycle being one of the core instances that we use within that is that actually it's keeping in touch with those people at the right time without being kind of too needy or 
know, persistent because I think in the kind of areas we, we work, that can come across quite wrong quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually having that insight into knowing if they're looking at you know, the most recent blog have put out in the local marketplace or they've revisited their market appraisal despite the fact I was around there sort of four months ago and we haven't spoken over the last, you know, six to eight weeks. It then helps us to actually coincide those phone calls better to get more from those conversations. Um, in a similar way to, fair, in fairness, that the, the home search reports work when someone looks at a market appraisal report or, a, you know, the report we sent up by a home search, you can, again, have that insight in real time it just helps you really line up those conversations better. So it makes you more relevant when you're managing yeah. that database. Does it make, and this is not a loaded question for any suppliers or anything. And I promise this is probably the last time we'll talk about home search, but um, does it give you the confidence to actually pick up the telephone and call them? 100%, 100%. Cause I, you know, one of the things in an agency or any sales role for that matter is that you have to have a reason to call. Otherwise, it, you know, it, again, that will come off badly as well, but you have to have a genuine bona fide reason to, be speaking to your customers um, and actually knowing what they're engaged and when gives you that reason as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think one of the um, inherent challenges in, in not just agency, but in like sales in general is knowing who and when to follow up with and any insight that you're getting that whatsoever, you know, even if it's simple as qualifying them better. So you understand exactly what they need. So if that half an acre plot does come up, whether you've listed it or not, you're the one that's picking up the telephone saying, hey, did you see that one? Because when you talk about being different and adding value, just being that conjure of information and providing that service is going to go a hell of a long way into winning you that business eventually. Even if it's not the property they end up buying from you, you're going to be securing the listing because you've given them what they want ahead of seeing it on a right move alert or, or something like that as well. Um, I, was, I was doing my homework uh, into your sort of career to date uh, last night. And I... You and I, so you started in property uh, three and a bit months before I did. And so I have some answers in my head to, to this question, but I'm keen to ask you. So it's, it's 2010, you're, you're getting into property, or at least that's when it said you did on LinkedIn anyway. So I'm going by that. What, what was the first thing that you learned on the job? Um, I think my start probably may be different to yours. So I kind of fell into it off, off the back of well, this is true, actually. I don't suppose as many sort of primary age children that you ask them in class, you know, what's the other older <laughs> stick their hand up and send a state agent um, if they do their weird. Um, but I think it's different for me because I started essentially in a call centre. I fell out of university, not really know I wanted to do my life. And seeing, I think, a state agency is a good way of essentially, you know, developing a career. Um, also, off the back of having, you know, no formal sort of qualifications as such from uni. Um so I think the first one I learned within, the, within that kind of environment, because it was very much a, a numbers game, this is around the kind of time that, you know, call centres are a bit more relevant in a state agency, um, where you were essentially just hitting the phone day in, day out, day in, day out to try and generate valuations. So I think it kind of really instilled for me back then, this, I think this obviously hasn't changed, is that that's obviously the life of your business and mm. being persistent with that is incredibly important. Um, but I think about my attitude towards how you go about it has probably changed somewhat over that time. But persistence and, and putting that market appraisal focus at the half of your business is really where, where you win or lose. And uh, obvious question that's coming about where did you start? So we're sitting here, you know, 11 and a bit years later. Has anything changed or is that still the fundamentals? I, I think that's the fundamentals of the business point of view. I think a, a hell of a lot else has changed around the consumer side of things and actually what they expect and actually what they want from the state agent. But actually in terms of where is an agent, your focus is to a certain degree is that, you know, that, that really is the life of the business. You haven't got your instructions, you're going to really struggle with everything else, of course, because 
what you're going to need to bring in mm. more buyers to the door, which itself creates more opportunity and you self-perpetuate that cycle of estate agency, really. Um, but yeah, I think that part has obviously always been the main focus for all the time of being an agency, really. What do you think's changed from a consumer point of view? So one, one of the things we try and do on this show is, is make sure that um, everyone who's listening can take something away from today's episode and go, right, I'm going to do that today. So if we talk about not much really has changed from an agent side of view in that I need to remain consistent, persistent, and I need to be focused on valuations and converting them and really having that world-class listing presentation. But how is, how in your mind anyway, has the consumer experience or perhaps what they want to experience or their expectations, how has that changed over the last 10 years? I think always everything's changed in, in that point of view, to be quite honest with you, um, because there's a lot, there's a lot more expectations now from agents. It's very quick, you know, customers are very quick, quick to criticise if you don't deliver a good experience and that can up online very quickly. Um, and I think people ex- expect uh, a certain experience of a state agency from the outset, which initially, initially I don't think that, that experience or that perception of what they're going to get is that high. I think generally speaking, the public view agents as being a middleman to right move in most cases, but it's some, essentially, essentially order takers and people pick up the phone, seeing a property like a look of, phone agent to book viewing for said property. Um, but actually, I think what, what they expect as a seller is probably more than that. Obviously, they want a good fee, which is always a part of that conversation normally, but they're going to expect a certain level of service because otherwise they could just go to one of the many online agents out there, which would be much, much cheaper and gives them that access to, to the right move. So I think actually in some ways, the likes of um, Purple Bricks and, and Yopra have changed what agents need to do to actually justify their fee they get. And I think that's fair to be quite honest with you. I think nowadays, you know, a good customer experience is an agent that's going to be on board throughout that entire transaction. You're not tied to nine to six. Mm. Uh, to sort of, you know, deal with your customers in real time, whether that be sort of half past seven on a Friday night or half past nine on a Monday morning. Um, I, I think for a customer of good experience in today's age, they really for an agent that takes time to understand their needs and actually wants to have that relationship with them and support them entire way throughout the transaction. Technology and everything else around that just either makes that you know, the agent's life and customer's life easier or harder, depending how much you have and how well you use it. Find out the truth. I think you, you hit the nail on the head about um, there is an expectation in the marketplace that if I'm going to be employing any estate agent, even Purple Bricks, right, that that I'm going to be able to communicate with them whenever necessary. And yet, uh, certainly when I sort of came over here, one of the easiest things that I found to differentiate myself was I would say to people, I'd call you every day, you know, because I, I knew that the majority of the people in the marketplace that I was operating in were emailing them once a week. So why do you think that there's such a, a disparity between there's an expectation that my agent's going to communicate me really well. Everyone wants the same sort of thing from their agents, right? They want the highest price possible. They want a fast sale and they want an honest agent, you know, but there's actually so many deeper levels to each of those that you never really uncover when you ask that question, unless you follow up. So why do you think there's such a a gap between people want to be spoken to all the time and want to be informed so that their anxiety is lessened because it's not a fun experience selling a house versus an agent who's going to do vendor feedback once a week. I, I think the reason that perceptions change is not so much the products of the industry itself as it is just the, you know, everything evolving in general around any sort of business ever. Like, you know, we're living an age now, you know, going back to when you started saying 10 years ago, you know, when you started your career, a lot of the things we have now that we take for granted, probably like using WhatsApp as your primary form of communication for most of us, mm. just didn't exist 10 years ago in, in the way it does now. In fact, I don't think WhatsApp wasn't around then. Um, and I think you're in an age now where, 
things at Amazon Prime, again, that would have been a product for the last 10 years where you could expect to order something on your phone sort of five o'clock that day, have it with you, you know, same, same time by tomorrow. So people of an age now is almost instant gratification um, where things happen in real time there and then. And I think for some agents that just hasn't translated the same way. You know, I, when I started my career actually in branch, not so much the call centre, when you're actually going to look after customers and doing the job of an agent proper. Um, you know, back then, vendor care was a once a week exercise in the diary. Mm. It was working at one of the large corporates. It was kind of a box ticking exercise. So you've done it, you spoke to them, you could then you know, call them again next week to catch up on the same things you spoke about the week previous. Um, so I, I think the agents don't get that. I think it's by and large the corporates that will have this problem because I think they have such a little disconnect with their business. You know, I spent probably the last five years of corporate estate agency kind of really wondering what I was working for and what my values were um, and actually what made us different. Whereas in franchise and or when you're working for a, a self-employed product, I think like that, you have a much greater connection to the business. So I think your desire to actually want to, you know, offer a better experience and have more connection with that is more prevalent. Um, but essentially, I think from a customer's point of view, the reason I expect so much is simply because in every other business or sector there is, it kind of exists now. Mm. And I think an agency, the, the spectrum is quite broad. You know, if you work with an agent that really cares at what they do, their value, their brand, what they offer, how the customer feels um, and utilise everything that they can, they can at their disposal to make that happen, then you know, I'd like to think the customer's not going to go far wrong. But compared to the likes of the corporates where you've got fairly high turnover staff rate, the, business, you know, the staff in the business aren't actually necessarily that brought into what they're doing. I'm not just true of all of them, but I know it's, it's there in quite a few of those businesses where you don't have that same level of engagement from staff and there isn't that same level of care towards the customer. Um, and I think that's the, the sort of the gulf that agents have to breach. And, you know, if it's offered sort of unanimously across the board, all agents are a lot harder because I think actually that's where you win on losing service. The job of an agent doesn't change. You still do more or less the same things. Mm. Um, but actually where your customers think you're great or, or not so great is actually how well you serve them along that journey. Go on with you. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, and actually it's, it's how well you serve them along that journey earns you the right to solve the bumps in the road that will inevitably appear. If you're just calling somebody once a week and then on the fourth time you've spoken to them since they've agreed to pay you a competitive fee and you've promised them the world, you say, sorry, we didn't get it. So we've got to take our price down. It's a far more difficult conversation than if that's the 25th time you've contacted them in those four weeks, you know, um, you mentioned there about, independent agents having a real distinct advantage over, over the corporates in that they've got a connection, not just to the business, but they probably have a connection to the customer as well. I think actually on top of that, they're going to have a connection to their teammates. And we were talking before um, we hit record on this about culture um, and how in, and, and we're going through this at the moment, we've just prepared like annual uh, surveys and stuff for um, our customer base our team and then our management team as well to make sure that we're doing everything we can to right any wrongs that have appeared along the way, but double down on also what's working. How do you think, like, how have you found culture within the business that you're in since COVID? How important do you think that it is? And what do you think anybody who's listening to this who might be a business owner or regional manager, you know, area manager or something like that can do to um, positively improve the culture within their organization? I think it has to be to give your, you know, people that work from a corporate perspective, give people that work for you a real reason to, to want to turn up every day and why they're there and what makes that business different and something to genuinely buy into. Mm. Um, the last major corporate I worked at, that I won't name, um, you know, I really considered getting out of agency altogether because I just 
we didn't know what we did or why we did it anymore, to be quite honest. And that was, you know, coming from the back of it at that point, probably being sort of seven and a half, eight years into an estate agency career. Um, so I'd been there quite quite some time. And, you know, compared to when I started, it was all new, it was exciting when I first began an estate agency. And, you know, I think when you kind of find yourself towards the, you know, near, near that point, 10 years, um, you want to kind of have more to show for it. Um, and I think, you know, going forwards for corporate estates in particular, is giving, it's giving people that are part of a massive business where you have thousands of employees something they can genuinely feel like they're involved in a part of. And I think that's quite easy to lose. And I think what makes it quite different where I'm now in a, a franchise with four people is that I think I, I genuinely believe we're all really brought into what we do. And we believe in what we offer our customers. We believe in making sure they have the best experience and that they think the best because of that. And they want to recommend us to our friends and family. You know, I get a real kick out of, you know, someone coming to us and saying that, you know, such and such recommended you know, me to speak to you. I had one of those from somebody who had actually had lost the valuation to one of the, you know, one of the sort of five this year that we haven't got, you know, and they went up with a agent, fair enough. We didn't, didn't pull about it. It's one of those things, don't we all? Um, but they had a good enough experience of those that recommended somebody to come to us over actually their current agent. I think we were close second to they went with in the end and I don't know what, what happened about the way, didn't recommend their current agent, but, you know, it's a great feeling. But things like that only come from, in my belief, genuinely caring about what you do and, and delivering something that is of value to your customer um, and actually you care about the business that you're working for and it being a success mm. you know where I'm now I, I genuinely my heart and so I want this I want this franchise to be as successful as it can be because I think what we're doing currently customers really like I enjoy delivering it the team I work with feel the same way um, and I think it's probably very easy it has been in my experience something that's not been present with corporate agents in the same way and I think if you can give your staff something to buy into and be a part of and want to turn up for um, then you've succeeded I think you, you've said that very eloquently that, that a good culture comes from caring about the company you work for, caring about the customers you work for, and maybe caring about the people that you work with. Um, and it's not an easy thing to establish. Um, and it's something you've got to work at every day. And it sounds like you've, you've sort of found a place that does that, but you also then get an opportunity to craft it as well, which I think having some ownership of the culture, no matter where you are in a company is a huge um proponent in making sure that it continues to evolve in the sort of right direction as well right i i've got one more question for you because i'm, I'm conscious of of your time um you've, you've been doing this a long time now you know you're seeing really consistent levels of success um like you said before sort of half-heartedly that there's not many that you miss but there aren't many that you miss so where where do you want to evolve your career um, or your offering over the next few years um, and how do you see that sort of positively impacting the, the wider industry because I know you quite well it's it's good enough for you to do well for shame but I think actually if you can have a bit of a, more of an impact elsewhere as well it'll, it'll mean more to you sure I, I, I think for me personally I think it'd be a case of just targeting out more of a niche that we're doing at the moment and kind of being known and seen for that I think that that's really helping I think the advice I'd give to any other agent around that to sort of you know, go back to Make an impact to others would be actually find find something in the industry that you really want to do. I don't just mean list every single house and try and take it the biggest market share because I think that's the biggest con of the state agency there is. Is simply to try and be so obsessed on market share you get literally any house ever. Don't get me wrong, you, don't, you can't walk away from the rule. Obviously, you've got to make a set of money to keep the lights on. Um, but actually, find a part of the marketplace that you really want to be sort of prevalent in and, and be recognised in, and actually then work back from there. So everything you need to do to get it. 
because um, I think that's kind of where at the moment we're getting to the point of the marketplace where most of our stock looks and feels a certain way and it can be marketed a certain way because of that. And we kind of have a thing going that, that works with workers off the back of it. Um, but I guess it'd be a case of not, not being afraid to, you know, to, to not be a generalist and actually be more, if that's what you want to do, of course, you know, if you want to serve them, great, go for it. But I do think it's probably better as a state agent, more of a generalist than it is to be a specialist. Mm. I think that's changed again in the last 10 years or so. Um, but I think nowadays, you know, nowadays there's a place for agents to want to be specialists rather than generalists. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea behind being known for something and more importantly, being seen for something as well. Um, you're exactly right. Uh, countless times you've seen, and we've seen this in the business, people set up companies and they're like, right, I just need to get an instruction. So I'm going to send out leaflets or flyers and everything like that. When the reality is, if you can tell the right story to the right people, you will get the right results. And that's, I think, exactly what you've proven to been doing all year. You'll continue to do moving forward as well. Um, I'm excited to sort of sit here for 10 minutes by myself and unpack everything that we've spoken about, just to double down on some of the points you've made as well. But I, I just want to say a big thank you for Mark and I and for everyone that's listening for you giving up your time and joining us on the show, Shane. Thank you. No problem at all. Thanks for having me, Sam. Good to see you again. And you, man. As Mark would say, a massive thank you once again to Shane Bray from Century 21 Lux Residential in Cobham for joining me today uh, on the show. I think if you're listening to this now and you're going to hang around for another, you know, hopefully four or five minutes of breakdown of what Shane and I talked about, you'll, you'll have realized that there was a lot of value in that episode. You know, it isn't actually enough just to walk into evaluation and say, you should pick me because I'm different you've actually got to deliver that difference and deliver that value. You know, for Shane, it was a mix of some old school service techniques that I don't think are ever going to change and are going to be part of our industry forevermore and have been part of world-class estate agency since, you know, Adam was a boy, but actually coupling that with uh, a bit of good technology um, as well to actually just do what you say you're going to do on the tin, which is understand somebody's needs and deliver on what you can for them, whether that's getting them a great price in the fastest amount of time and telling the truth along the way, or whether that is helping them find something else. It is as friend of the show, Perry Powell always says, it's about moving somebody on to the next chapter of their lives. That is our job. That's why you get paid the big bucks. That's what gets you recommendations. That's what gets you referrals. And it's very, very clear from that half an hour that that's what Shane focuses on day in, day out. Um, I really liked the point about, I mean, anybody that talks about uh, consistency is going to be a mate of mine, but in, I think it was 11 years, they've been doing this remaining persistent, you know, being consistent and focusing on delivering a resoundingly positive listing presentation is just one thing that hasn't changed. You know, stock is the absolute lifeblood of our industry. It is what determines whether you sleep well or sleep poorly at night. It helps you have a good Christmas holiday as we talk about on this show all the time. If you're not persistent in making sure that you've got enough opportunities and if you're not consistent in how you convert those opportunities and how you're actually delivering difference and value to come back to Shane's earlier points at that listing presentation, at that market appraisal, at that valuation, whatever you call it, then your months, your quarters, your years are going to look a bit like a heart rate monitor where they go up and they go down instead of having a consistent level of high performance. Um, there, there was a point that, that Shane made throughout that where he said, uh, and I really like this because he hit the nail on the head, said that the perception is that estate agents are just the middleman's right move and you've got to kind of use one to get online. 
and I'm sitting there and I've got my eyes closed as I'm talking to you about this now. But if I heard that, that would be absolute music to my ears because I could say, what do you mean by that? And allow them to tell me every single negative thing that they thought about an estate agent, whether it was me or whether it was my competition. And that would give me the most specific opportunity to handle those objections and to lay landmines for everybody else. You know, you're all the same, are we? What, what makes you believe that we're all the same? We just put it on right move, just a middleman to right move. Has anyone spoken to you about how we help you find your next home? Has anyone spoken to you about the database that we actively work with day in, day out to mean that we might not even have to get you on right move? We can find you two or three people that will pay you a premium price today and we can put them in competition with each other. So when you hear that, that is not a deflating alarm bell that is like the church bells ringing at 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning uh, to celebrate whatever they're celebrating because it is that that is your window to go and close that business then and there, you know? And, and as, as Shane sort of said, fundamentally, at least in his time in property, they want the best price. That hasn't changed. It's just now they expect a higher level of service and most importantly, a constant high level of communication throughout that as well. Um, and that's where it comes down to, you know, the majority of the agents that listen to our show week in, week out are independent agents. And there is clear evidence to suggest that when it comes to a connection to your colleagues and a connection to your customer base and the service that you can actually offer, you have such a distinct advantage over the massive corporate players that are out there Yes, it might be a numbers game for them and they might have a big database. They might have a lot of people making the same phone call, but are those people going to be, to be able to deliver the service that is expected to actually help somebody get the absolute premium result? Anybody right now, and I don't think this is going to change for the next 12 months at least, anyone can sell a property. There's a better than 50% chance that you're going to sell a property above asking price, such as the tenacious demanding nature of the market at the moment, but it's about who can maximize that price, who can get the most out of those offers, who can actually communicate, not just to the seller, but to the buyers, why they might want to pay a little bit more, why the seller might want to hold on for 10 days instead of selling it to the person who comes through the door on the first viewing as well. You know, and that, that there, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I feel like I'm just doing a really condensed version of everything that Shane spoke about, but the reality is there was a lot of useful talking points when you get to that point of, you know, you've got a culture of, of high quality communication, you've got a world-class culture, let's call it what it is. And everybody's trusted and skilled and trained enough to have these levels of conversations with every buyer, every seller, every landlord, every tenant. That's when you start to evolve way beyond being perceived as a middleman or a middlewoman to right move. That's when you start to, you then, uh, there's like a saying like blue ocean. I think the other one's red ocean. A red ocean is a hugely competitive environment where everyone's just chomping for the same fish, right? A blue ocean is your, the one killer whale, which is the coolest animal on the planet, you know, swimming through the ocean. And you've got your pick of all of the best fish out there, you know, because you know that you are the best in this instance, which is now turning into a bad analogy. You're the best apex predator, <laughs> to find the best tuna fish uh, or the best salmon or the best herring in like the North sea or whatever it's going to be. My point very, very loosely made is when you've got a business that cares about its people, 
and a business that cares about its customers, you actually then end up with people in your business that care about who they work for. They care about the people that they all work for in the business, which is the client base and the customer base. And they actually care about working with each other as well. Put those three things combined, it comes back to that connection with the customer base, connection with the colleague base, the advantage that an independent agent of varying sizes is going to have over a big corporate machine. And actually that leads very nicely into the last thing that Shane and I spoke about, which is that gives you an opportunity to be known and seen for something in your marketplace. I would like to think that if I went back and read the notes from every episode that we have done over the last two and a bit years, there will be a lot of talk about being a specialist in your marketplace. There'll be a lot of talk about being known and being seen for something. No one, certainly in my mind, has come on this show and said, we want to sell everything. We want to work for everyone. We don't care what it is. We want to list it. Whether it sells or not, it doesn't matter. Everybody that comes on this show says, these are our ideal clients. This is how many people we're willing to work for at one time. These are the people that we're working for now. Here's who we've got coming next. This is what we expect from our clients. And this is what our clients can expect from us. That is genuinely what Shane was talking about when he said carving out a niche and being known for something and being seen for something and how actually it pays dividends, not just in your agency, but for your customers as well for being a specialist more than generalist. So once again, I'm going to call it a day there. Me and my horse voice are going to go and have a lem sip and see what the rest of the day has in store for us. Mark will be back same time, same channel next week, the dynamic duo. Um, I just want to say a big thank you again to Shane Bray for joining me. Um, it was a really good conversation and hopefully this rap has done it justice as well. Mark and I do this every single week and we have done for the last two and a half years because we do genuinely love this industry. We want to see it grow. We want to see it improve. We want to see it better. And we want to give a voice to the people who are on that same journey with us. So I'm going to ask two things of you this week, three things, actually, maybe two. Firstly, if you took some value from today, share this episode on social media, tag Shane in and show him some gratitude for giving up half an hour of his time to walk us through what world-class agency looks like to him. And then the second thing, uh, and I'm contractually obliged to mention Stephen Brown with his surname this week as well. Uh, we've got a little bit of trouble from the lawyers the other week because we just mentioned his first name and was told it could have been any Stephen anywhere. Is I'm going to ask the question of you guys, who's one other agent, independent, corporate, franchise, you know, self-employed that you know that would get some value from today's episode. Share it with them as well. Or better yet, share it on social media, tag Shane and tag them in it too. We are looking to improve this industry. This podcast is one of the small ways in which we can go about it. And I hope you can help us do that as well. So thank you very much for your time. I'm Sam Hunter. He's not here, but he is Mark Worrell. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week.